Welcome to the Turn Yourself On Daily podcast, which means turn on, activate and fire up the power and potential within you every single day. This week, we are looking at five reasons why you could marry the wrong person or get into the wrong relationship. But why does this matter? Relationships are the fundamental of life. They are the foundations, yet they get so little attention. We're not taught about them. Sometimes we can overthink them. Sometimes we can have an unhealthy attachment to them. Sometimes we can just neglect them. When we get busy with work, with kids, with life, So today we're going to look at five reasons why we could be with the wrong person and five ways to change all of that. So let's get straight into it. How? How could we attract and be with the wrong person? The first reason is, is because of who we are when we enter into a relationship. We go in almost as two invalids Two people who have been wounded in the past, who have childhood wounds, who have been through past trauma, past experiences. And if we're not doing the inner work in order to clean all of that up, then that determines whether we act or react from our wounds. Now, the trouble is, the world, Hollywood, for example, teaches us, do you remember the film Jerry Maguire? where he says, you complete me, which is crazy. So we're led to believe that somebody else outside of us can complete us, but it never happens. We have to be complete within ourselves, secure, confident, healed and whole before we enter into a relationship. The second point we've got to contend with is the amount of pressure on us to be perfect, to have the perfect relationship. Social media, news, TV programs, magazines, all of these external influences show us what a perfect relationship should be like and then we compare ours with somebody else's, yet we're comparing a tiny part of somebody else's with the whole of our relationship It's like comparing apples and oranges, it cannot work, which means that we end up always searching, always wondering if somebody else's relationship is better than ours, if they're doing it differently than us, if they've got a magic potion or secret or tool or technique or connection or something that we haven't got. And it makes us also wonder if the grass is greener. It's constant bombardment in our face of how to be perfect and how we might not be perfect and us and our relationship might not measure up to what the world in its one image on Instagram shows us it should be like. The third reason is we end up being on an endless search, a hopeless search for the right person. You see, the ego, our smaller self, it wants us to constantly search for love, but to never actually find it. 
So it gets us out there, it gets us meeting people, it gets us connecting, it gets us in that honeymoon period, and then it pulls us away. Which sounds so ridiculous consciously, but this is all going on on a subconscious level, which I'll explain more later on. The third reason is that we are addicted to anything but being on our own. Being on our own and doing the inner work. So we shop, we do gaming, we do drugs, we drink, we go on YouTube, we endlessly scroll on social media. We do everything to distract ourselves from ourselves. One of my first yoga teachers, 15 years ago, said to me, everything you want is inside of you. And I literally thought she was mad. It was like I knew inside of me I had anger, I had frustration, almost mild rage at times. But it's because I didn't know myself. I wasn't connected to myself. I was looking externally for everybody else to complete me, to make me happy. Nothing was ever good enough. And it's knowing inside that somebody else cannot make us happy nobody else, nothing can make us happy if we are not fundamentally happy within. Now, we avoid everything, everything possible to look within. The fear of looking within stops people. It creates procrastination. It creates endless searching. It stops us on so many levels because we think if we look within that we might not like what we see inside of us. We know we've made mistakes. We know we've got angry. We know we've been unloving. So we almost think, well, why would I want to go inside? Because I don't think it's going to be very pretty inside. Yet the biggest fear underneath that is a fear that isn't conscious. We don't really know that we're fearing it. It's just living underneath the surface but it's actually a fear that we might find everything we've been searching for. So all of the time we've been going out to find somebody else to complete us, to fill a void, to fill a gap within us that we think somebody else can fill, and then we're disappointed in the future when they don't. So we place so much pressure on this other person to act in a certain way, to be in a certain way, to make us happy, And when they don't do that, we drop into anger, frustration. That's when all the disconnection starts. And that's when we start to question whether the person is right for us anymore. All of this, all of these addictions, whatever we're addicted to, it almost doesn't matter. It's just one big distraction from us being really comfortable in our own skin, really deeply connected. Which leads us on to the fourth reason. Nobody teaches us the purpose of a relationship and how they work. Now, this is a biggie, so I might end up going off on a tangent. Nobody teaches us the purpose of a relationship. All relationships are there for us to show who are we going to be in any given moment. What are we going to give or not give? So only what you are not giving can be lacking in any situation. So in any interaction with anybody you meet, who is showing up? Which version of you is showing up? Is it the needy version? Is it the happy version? 
Is it the giving version? Is it the getting version? And what happens in a relationship, like I mentioned at the beginning, is we come together, if we've not done the work on ourselves before, as almost two invalids. So one person is wounded in one way, one person is wounded in the other way. Now, we don't see that initially, which is why it's called a honeymoon period. And we only see the best in each other. This isn't an illusion, seeing the best in each other. It's the truth about who that person is. But we don't see any of the flaws at the beginning. We don't see any wounds. We don't see any patterns. We don't see what they've been through. So we don't really know them in that sense. But we look at them. We see the good. We want it to work. We're motivated. It's on the top of our agenda. We're focused on that person. We're making ourselves feel good. We're doing ourselves up. We're planning things together. We're making it fun. And then we wonder where has the love gone at times? Where has that attraction gone? It hasn't really gone anywhere. It's just that we were in a different level of awareness when we first met. So then you imagine. So at the minute, I'm working with a couple and the man is a success, has been, when they met, he was a successful businessman. He earned a lot of money and he could provide security. That's what the woman saw in him. He saw in this, in the woman fun. She was fun, she was light-hearted, unlike his previous relationship. Now, that's exciting at the beginning because she was getting her need met of the fun and the, uh, the security and the money and the success. She liked that. She liked that confidence she could see in him. He could see her fun, so it was great. Now, bring in a pandemic and stress and working at home and living together and being in each other's pockets and all the other stresses that go on to couples and you can potentially start to see a cocktail of chaos. Now, what happens is, is that person doesn't become fun anymore because she then had to go and get work that she didn't really want to do. He in the pandemic started to lose some of his income, lost his confidence, lost that sexiness that she was first attracted to, that confidence. Then they sort of look at each other through different eyes. It's almost like somebody's put a veil over them or glasses and they start to see in the other person what they didn't see in the beginning. Nobody teaches us that a relationship is there to bring up our wounds that a relationship is like a hospital for the soul. So we tend to think that when things start to not feel quite as good, that something is wrong and we need to leave. Hence the reason why the ego wants us to search for love and never really find it. Because if it knows that if we really found true love, then we wouldn't need the ego anymore and it wouldn't exist. So that smaller self wouldn't exist anymore. So... We get to that stage where it's not quite as good anymore and we think, "Mm, is this right? Maybe I should find somebody else that meets that need again. So then we go on the search, we pack our bags, we go out there into the world and we look for somebody else that has got the needs that we feel we need fulfilling within us. Because again, we're going back to point one, I think, that we think that somebody else can give us something that we haven't got inside of us. Nobody can fill a gap within us. If we think we need confidence from somebody else or security or fun 
or whatever it is, it's because we haven't got it within us first. It all starts within. The fifth point is that we need to understand why we act in certain ways in relationships. Why why do we act the way we do? Why do we have the patterns that show up if we're aware of them? A lot of people aren't aware of the patterns. And we act as children in relationships. So as adults, if we get into an argument, we revert back to children. So it's almost like two children arguing with each other. It can be hard to be vulnerable, open and surrendered in a relationship when we've been hurt in the past and we've been through things in the past and we're not healed. So we come with the wounds, we come with our battle scars and we don't know how to be in a relationship. We're just not ourselves. So this means we end up having attachments to people. So an attachment, an an unhealthy attachment is, I need you to be a certain way for me to be happy. One client said to me recently, I just need her to do this and then I'll be happy. And she caught it. She saw it. We'd been through we'd been through it that many times. She saw it. She caught herself do that pattern. And then she could change it. We also, because of what we've been through, we we can have these attachments. We can have unhealthy attachments. We can have a disassociated attachment a disorganised attachment, an avoidant attachment. You can get really into this. But, for example, an ambivalent attachment is where we've got anxiety at times, we're connected at times, we're not connected at times, we can feel safe, sometimes safe, sometimes not. A disorganised attachment is where we've been through trauma, we're able to connect, unable to be present, We've been harmed by somebody in the past that was meant to help us. We can have an avoidant attachment with people where a parent who just couldn't be present for us when we were younger and this emptiness that we feel as a child, we take into our adulthood. The child in this state believes that the world is all physical and that inner world isn't nurtured. So we're always dependent on the outside world and jobs and money and other people to satisfy us and it makes us not able to handle our feelings so there's all of these different avoidant attachments ambivalent disorganized it's but the the thing is it's all learned behavior and it's all learned behavior from our parents which then we learn we think is normal and then funnily enough because it's normal, because it becomes a comfort to us, that's what we seek. So we seek in other people what we're used to. So for example, if a woman meets player after player, say, she keeps meeting people that don't want to settle down, that just want a one night stand, and then she meets a good guy. But because she's used to a certain way of being in her past, maybe by somebody that wasn't there for her, that couldn't show her that love as a child, she meets people that can't go there and show her that love that can be quite cold, and that's who she meets as an adult. She meets somebody that can open their arms 
and give love and is healed and is whole might not be perfect but you know that they haven't got that same wound and she won't feel comfortable with them so that's where we can push away good without knowing that we're doing it so it's all about how have we been treated what have we learned as a child were we seen were we heard were we soothed were we shamed were we ridiculed were we held back and then we have these attachments we have these bonds to people and it creates the way we act and react to people as an adult the optimal attachment is where we're aware that conscious bond that we've got with somebody we're fully aware we might not be perfect but we know that we're here in this relationship to be the best version we can be in any moment that we can get there and it's always a moment by moment choice so how do we change all of this because it almost feels like spaghetti junction like where do we start do we know exactly where it's come from we can look back and in immersions that i do with clients we go all the way right back sometimes things might be so painful in the past that we can forget them it's a safety mechanism so we don't even know why we behave the way we do we just do and i spent years in counseling going round and round in circles trying to work out who i got it from where i got it from i spent thousands so much heartache so much pain and it was only when my coach said to me however you're behaving now is yours it's your wound, deal with it. You've got to change it now. It doesn't matter where it's come from, it's yours now. Which almost felt a little bit harsh when she said it, but it's so true. Yes, it helps to look back and find out if we know where it's come from, great. You know, that analysis, it almost helps us tick the box and unravel it all. But what if you can't get there? What if you don't know the reason? Then it's absolutely fine. When we go through, I say there's five things we can do, there might be more when I start talking about it, but this is the way to heal and it almost becomes easier. The only warning I've got to give you is that I might use the G word. If you don't like the God word, I didn't for years, it just didn't resonate with me at all. I was so the opposite anyone mentioned god i'd be like doesn't exist i used to think he was a man in the sky that would punish us if we were bad decided if he went to heaven or hell and just just didn't get it so when i say god i mean universe love whatever it is that you resonate with then i use a variety of words but use whatever it is that resonates with you so the first thing to do to heal all of this and to help us meet the right person and marry the right person is to work on you it all starts from the inside out it's all in my book more than a mindset we go right back to basics right back to the very depth the very core of you in your mind in your heart in your body in your spirit in your soul it can sound so complicated so esoteric but it's not i make it super easy super super accessible what we do when we work from the inside out when we work on you 
is to remove all the barriers we have around our hearts, around our minds, around our psyches to letting love in and being able to give it freely without fear. It can sound so complicated. We've built so many walls around us to protect us that we don't even know. Procrastination, holding back, fear, doubt, all of these different ways that are there to protect us. We think they're protecting us, but they don't. They just hold us back. So the best thing to do is to get a coach, to reach out to somebody, to understand why you do what you do. And then we disrupt the patterns. We understand, we see patterns. If there's patterns going on in your work life, that you'll see the same patterns in your home life, in your relationships. You see the same patterns. It's, it's, it's the basis, the fundamentals that we've got to get back to. For example, if we've got a core belief that we're not good enough, then that's one of the foundations which our life is made on. Imagine building your house on a rock and imagine that belief being in there, one of the bricks, you're not good enough. Then every area of your life is impacted. That's why the inner world, your inner life is so, so key. It's the foundations. The second thing is to work on the three most important relationships. People say it's all about self-love, you've got to love yourself first. And whilst the principle is right in a way, there's a few missing pieces. It never used to work for me. Standing in front of the mirror saying, I love myself, I love myself, it just didn't work. So here are the three ways that we go deep with relationships. Our first primary relationship, the most strongest relationship we need to have is our relationship to God, to a belief in a higher power. If we don't have a relationship to this, to God, to love, to the universe, to something bigger than us, then we lean onto something. So a substance, a food, prestige, number of followers, money, people, things, anything in the world to get us through life. And some aspect of us thinks that these things will help us. So what is our higher power? So think of three words that describe God, the universe, love or a higher power to you. Three words that came to my mind are love, trust and power so whatever three words you come up with take them and believe in them and when you do that when you really lean into knowing that there is a power that's from the universe so it's kind of outside of us but it's also within us when we lean into that when we have faith in that we put less pressure on the world and on other people. It's almost like we take the pressure off life. And one of the lines from A Course in Miracles is that nothing in this world has deep enough roots to satisfy us. So we can go for more money, we can go for another partner, but knowing who we are takes us from that material focus all 
focused on the material world and what it can give to you. Not that these things are bad, but that they won't satisfy us for long enough. That's the key. So once we start to reconnect with this higher power, with God, with the universe, with love, however we see it, that is how to build our house upon a rock. Once we get this relationship established first, then our second relationship, which is towards ourselves, can then develop. But if we just start to say, I love myself, I love myself and love ourselves, we're still missing a huge piece because we still feel lost without that connection back to that power. However we see it, however we feel it, that is the crux, that is the fundamental, the foundation, that's where everything changes. So how do we do this? How do we reconnect back? The answer to every question, to all of the spaghetti junction, to all of the wounds we've been through, to all of the experiences, to all of the reasons why we behave and act the way we do, the answer to every question is to find your quiet space within you, to get in touch with your internal teacher, the wisdom within, and it's through meditation. So it's finding that alignment within yourself to God, to love, to power, to the universe, and then you'll know what to do. Then you'll know how to act instead of react. You'll be able to ask for guidance. The most powerful people are not reactive. There's a lack of impulse control almost. And it's when we can say, I need time to think about this and I will get back to you. The ego always wants us to make decisions quickly, react quickly, get back to people, respond to that text, respond to that email. But by being centred, we become in charge of ourselves, we find our power. Prayer, which is part three of my book, and prayer isn't a religious thing. I talk about how, you know, religion doesn't have a monopoly on prayer. Prayer is going within and asking for help and it gives us power to be in control of ourselves, to find our wisdom. And the French philosopher Blaise Pascal says that all man's problem stems from our inability to sit in a room alone. Enlightenment is where we don't know. Enlightenment means we find out who we are and what our power is. And if we don't know this, we become lost. Moving mountains is small in comparison to what we can do when we're in our right minds. But if we don't believe in our power, then we just feel lost. We don't believe in ourselves and then we can't give the best of ourselves to other people. Again, of course, the miracle says that we achieve so little in life because we have an undisciplined mind. Understanding our issues, analysing them until the cows come home doesn't make them go away. We have to act differently. We have to go within. We have to be prepared to do the inner work and practice a new way of being. Practice love. Nobody teaches us how to love, but it's not just a case of saying, I love myself and loving ourselves. We've got to go back a level, build our house upon that rock, reconnect back to God, love, power, source, the universe, whatever it is we can believe in even if it's only as the faith, the belief, as small as a mustard seed, 
all we need is a little teeny tiny bit of belief and we'll, we will be helped in ways we cannot imagine. So society tells us almost that it's arrogant to believe in ourselves and to be brilliant, to be the best version of ourselves. But this is number three of how we can change. Loving people is what we are here for. Having great relationships is what we're here for, to be in that place of connection within, wholeness within. If we don't, we become needy, like we talked about before with the attachments, because we think we need other people. So it means we can either love them too much or not enough. It's all a wound, but it's something that we can change. So going back to that love for ourselves is to understand who we are and why we're here. We're here to become the best version of ourselves and to give love. Now, our ego can say, yeah, but if I always give love, then I'll get walked over. Love can say no. So when I work with men and women who say are in an abusive relationship, love to yourself can be that love of, this isn't right for me anymore, so I'm going to say no. Love isn't weak. Love is our strength. It's just that the world teaches us that love is weak. Now, when we're in this place of we've built our house on a rock, we've reconnected back in the morning, we've done our prayer, we've done our breathing, we've done our, our meditation, we're connected. We're, we're within ourselves, we're whole, we might not be this way all the time. It doesn't mean to say we're suddenly an enlightened master and we'll never mess up again. But from this place within us, we are more likely to be able to give rather than go out getting from the world. So then our relationship with other people completely, completely transforms. So as I've said, our function here is to give love. The ego wants people to love us and give us things because it thinks we're lacking. It always thinks we've not got enough, that there isn't enough. So it always wants us to go out there and get. But knowing that we are complete and whole and going within and doing that inner work starts to make us feel complete so we face the world differently. It shifts us from what can I get mentality into what can I give and then we end up getting everything. It's crazy. I want and I need, it's like we've got this insatiable appetite. So in a crazy kind of way, when we're in the I want, I need mentality, we end up creating the same experience of not enough. So we always experience not enough, people aren't good enough, the relationship isn't good enough, the career, the money, life isn't good enough and the ego says to us, see, nothing changes. So then we believe that this is how it's always going to be. We've got to feel good enough and complete within ourselves first and then we attract the same. Then we show up differently. We already have everything, we already are everything when we connect back and remember it, when we go past all the clouds that are surrounding our minds, when we get to the truth, the core, the center of our mind, where our power is, 
where we move past the walls that we've built around our hearts and we go back to the truth within us, it's all about doing this. This is very practical. And when we think about our relationships, think whether people would say about you, whether you are a giving or a getting person. Our whole world is set up to think that we don't have enough, but we are already enough. If we go within and we let go of the noise and let go of the fear and we go within and we create our own reality within ourselves first. If we always think that things should be different that another relationship might be better for us, that another town, another city, another job, another person. It means that we think on some deep level that nothing is ever good enough. So this is where the coaching helps because we understand our patterns, we can see our patterns and we can then determine whether or not we want to change. Grounding ourselves in spirituality isn't anything elaborate or esoteric, it means going within. Think how light, how different your life would be and how different your relationships would be if you were just trying to be a blessing, if you were just trying to be there to give love, to be the best version of yourself and to not question everything, to not doubt everything because you've got that surety from within, that completeness, that wholeness from within. It stops us from always showing up in a relationship needing something or needing somebody to be a certain way. We create a space for ourselves to be ourselves fully whole and complete. And then it takes the pressure off the other person. They can then shine as well they can be themselves subconsciously people know that we need them to be a certain way so that they don't show up for us as they could so you are having a relationship where you're not being your best and that person isn't being the best and then we wonder why the relationship doesn't feel good so I've gone off tangent at times it's about working on you it's about understanding your patterns it's about reconnecting to however you want to see it as, however that feels right for you, God, source, the universe, higher power, angels, galactic beings, whatever it is you connecting, reconnect with that in the morning. Five minutes spent in meditation in the morning, reconnecting back to that power is enough to help us realign our nervous systems and act differently throughout the day. Does it mean to say we'll never mess up again in the day? No, but we're less likely to completely screw things up. We're less likely to make detrimental decisions. We're less likely to just dwell in that not enough enoughness vibe. Then we've got to lead by example in our life and in our relationships. How are we going to show up? How are we going to show what we're made of? And then the final point is how we switch from that getting mentality of always needing people, always needing more, always needing people to behave in a certain way and move to that give mentality instead. 
this is a lot to take in, in one message, in one episode. I could literally split each of the five reasons down into a full episode in themselves and even split the five ways to change into an episode of themselves. I might even do that. But I hope you've got some sense of what needs to be done. Is it difficult? No, doesn't need to be. Do we make it difficult? Yes, because we kind of like to stay down. Our ego likes us to stay down, so it wants us to always keep searching. But a good coach will get you to see the patterns and disrupt them and will ask you the questions of really making you think, why are you believing that? Why are you thinking that? To get you to see your potential within you. We reconnect you back to your power However that looks like for you, that's fundamental. Then your relationship with yourself transforms by doing the inner work. It doesn't have to be super complicated. I'll do another episode following this on what that morning routine can look like. And then your relationship to other people and the world completely transforms because your nervous system, your energy, your state that you're operating from is different your morning routine, setting that up for success, setting you up for success every single day means that you align yourself. It means that you go out there with a different energy. So you attract a completely different set of circumstances and you can create from the inside out a different life for yourself. So let's go into a visualization like we always do. The work is practical. It's one thing to know the theory. It's one thing to know the five reasons why we can marry the wrong person or be with the wrong in the wrong relationship. It's great to know the five reasons on how to shift. One theory is one thing, as Patanjali says, 99% practice, 1% theory. So we've been doing the theory now for 38 minutes. So that means we need to do 99 times 38 of practice so that's going within it's doing the inner work it's not scary it doesn't have to be super esoteric or super religious let's start now by doing a visualization and changing your state from the inside out enjoy the visualization and i will see you on the other side okay so sitting somewhere where you're nice and comfy where you won't be disturbed. It helps to sit on a cushion or on a chair with a straight spine. And it helps to close your eyes and go within. Breathe in through your nose, feel your tummy expand and exhale, release and let go. Breathe in through your nose, feel your tummy expand and exhale, release and let go. Again, breathe in through your nose, feel your tummy expand and exhale, release and let go. And when people say that everything is inside of us, we almost think that what we're going to find inside of us are things that we won't like. 
So imagine in your mind, you've got all of these thoughts, all of these images and noise and incessant buzzing going on. But below all of that, beyond the clouds that surround our mind, is the very core of our mind, the truth and the power within us. So drop down below any thoughts and aim to go within. It is safe to go within. And notice what you notice here. Any thoughts, any noise. And just aim to sink below it, to the very core of your mind. And again here, notice what you notice. And aim to sink deeper into the very centre of your mind. Imagine here a ball of golden white light in the very centre of your mind. This is where your higher thoughts reside. The thoughts about who you are and what you're capable of. In the very centre of your mind is where you are fearless and strong. This is where your higher self resides. Now imagine your heart area and imagine it being surrounded by walls that start, they've been protecting you and you are starting to let go of. And aim to feel the love within your heart even if it's only a tiny flame. Imagine a wall being removed that's blocking you. Imagine knocking a wall down it's made of brick and it stands in front of your heart. Imagine knocking it down. And then imagine knocking another one down. And another one. All these walls just represent our wounds, the trauma, the experiences that we've been through. And each time you knock a wall down, you almost feel your heart expand and it is safe to let it expand. Now place your attention on the very core of your mind again and the very centre of your heart and go deeply within yourself and imagine the two connecting. Inside of you is that higher power. Whether you resonate with God or love or the universe or source, it's all inside of you. There is a place in you where there is perfect peace. There is a place in you where nothing is impossible. There is a place in you where the strength of God strength of the universe abides. It's all within you. When you move past all the clouds, all the blocks, 
in any moment you can come back to this place of peace within yourself. This is where you get inner peace, confidence, security. This is a place of abundance where you know you are good enough. And you can always come back to this place every morning and throughout the day when you feel you need to. Within you is all of the love, all of the happiness, all of the joy. Here is where you can create a new reality for yourself. Because here you can decide which version of yourself is going to show up. So imagine yourself now walking out into the world. You feel connected to a power greater than yourself and you feel great. You feel confident and secure and complete. You feel whole and perfect, strong and powerful. You feel loving, harmonious and happy. You feel content. You can tell that your energy, your vibe has changed and you were going out there into the world as a complete, whole person. You feel safe to give love and you feel safe to receive love. From this place, from this secure place within you, you have no attachments and no needs from other people. You can freely give. This means that other people can freely be themselves. You see your relationships to other people transform because you are coming from a different energy. You are yourself and you allow other people to be themselves as well. You have a deep level of acceptance of yourself and others. This means you can walk away in peace from relationships that no longer serve you. But you can also show up brilliantly when you need to. Inhale that feeling of power, peace and contentment within you. Exhale, release and let go. Really soak up that feeling within you of being happy regardless. Of feeling good enough within yourself. feeling safe, strong and supported. And from this place you can ask for guidance. 
ask for whatever it is you need to know. Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to who? You can ask for the truth. What is the truth about this situation? Thank you for guiding me. These are all great things we can say and ask. And then become aware. And start to tune into that small still voice within you. The ego speaks first and the ego speaks loudest. And it screams to you all day long of what might happen, of what might not happen, of fears, of comparison. And that small, still voice whispers to you gently all day long and guides you. And the more you tune in, the louder that voice gets. The more you trust in this voice, the more guidance you will receive. And when you're ready, bring your attention back to your breath. Breathing in through your nose, breathing energy. Exhale, release and let go. Inhale, energy, feel your tummy expand. Exhale, release and let go. Inhale, breathing energy. Exhale, release and let go. Come back into your body, back into the room. Wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes. Rotate your neck. And when you're ready, come back into the room and open your eyes. And yeah, that's the way to do it from the inside out. We're so used to forcing and changing the outside circumstances. And it almost seems cavalier to go within. But this is where the magic happens. And enjoy. Enjoy the difference this work can make. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram at Laura Jane Hand or at laurajanehand.com. Drop me a message, get in touch. I would love to hear from you. Bye.